de, de, de Colores Radio. De, de, de Colores Radio. Colores Radio. This is episode 23. This is our Jordan episode. Yes. Jumpman, 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 jumpman. This is kind of a big deal, as always. We appreciate you all listening because you could be doing something else or listening to something else, but you're here with us. So thank you. I'm your host, Eva Arreguin, and with me is my favorite co host, Rafael Tamayo. Howdy. Prat. <laughs> when you do the baby prats, I like yeah. imagine that you're not as happy. Oh, I'm very happy. Okay, I'm just making I sure. I just, since I'm monitoring levels because I have to today. I wonder why. Where's Pat? Yeah, he's gone again, gone enjoying again. life while we're here working, <laughs> putting in his work. I'm just kidding. We love we're you, We're just Pat. kidding, Pat. We're happy for you. Um, what's <clears> new? <throat> what's popping? Ah, nothing. Just spring break. Spring break. Woo! Um, and a whole lot of work and trying to, you know, we still got a lot of stuff coming up. We, we do. We've we done a lot. A break. We got a lot coming up and then we still got more. So, but it's exciting. Um, it's pretty cool. We uh, recently had our Gray Space Viva La Mujer event, the art show. It was a big, beautiful turnout. And we even had Lucha Dallas come and share some powerful poetry with us. Yo. And we're going to talk more about that later when we talk <coughs> about our events. But we also had some pretty cool news pop up. We were featured on BuzzFeed's morning show, AM to DM, thanks to Julia Ferlin. It was four podcasts you should be listening to. And we got tagged. I got a little Twitter notification when I was sitting at work. And I was like, nah, no, they didn't. <laughs> no, they, they didn't. Let me find out who at me. They did. Who? They added us. So it's a pretty big deal. Uh, they have a Twitter morning show from BuzzFeed News. And we were one of the podcasts that Miss Julia Furland suggested that people should be listening to. So I felt it right here in mi corazón. Even though they messed up the graphic at the beginning. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> Felt a little weird. I mean, weird. they messed it up, but it's still, like, it still kind of plays. Yes, it worked. I was just like, what the hell? Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool, I'll take it. I'll take it. So that was really awesome. We were uh, honored to be featured on that. Yeah, I think that's always dope, regardless. And so I know we'll go into this a little bit later about the, you know, the whole show, the, the gray space and everything. But it's right. always really dope to know that someone is listening. And we understand it. We get it. And we see the... the the data, right. so to speak, on, on how many times we've been listened to. But mm -hmm. I guess those connections that you make with, with individuals and then the acknowledgement that they make on a one-on-one -on -one basis. Right. I don't know. It's just. Right in the heart. You feel right it right there. here. Oh, it's right amazing. There. It's a beautiful feeling. Yeah. And then next up we have 2 and 4 Selena, which is coming up at the end of Marzo. E, our one-year anniversary event, which we will talk more about later. So now we've got the juice and a dope, dope interview to get Ooh. to. However, before we jump into the juice, Rafa, yeah, can I ask you something? Sure. Yeah. What's up? I'm actually just a little bit curious because uh, okay. I just, I don't know, but I need your feedback. Yeah. And I want to give our listeners an insight into our personal energy. Mm into how we are feeling right now. 
into the reality of our existence. <laughs> I always get caught by this. Me too. I hate it. Uh, that's right. We're translating our feelings in the best way we know how. Memes. It's time for meme mood. Rafa, what do you have? Yo, there's been so many dope memes. <laughs> I know. It was like right after we did our last one, all the Patrick memes exploded yes. and, and then, everything took over. And then I'm like, yo, I got it. Oh, nope. I got a new one. Nope. Yep. I got a new one. Literally. Nope. I got a new one. So I think I'm going to go with, just because I felt this on, on like a deep level, I'm going <laughs> to go with the cholo writing in his diary. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you feel that on a deep level? And where know. did it come from? I don't know where it came from. I, I just was started like, seeing it in one place, and now it's exactly. everywhere. And I'm like, I this no, because you know when it comes to like Chicano references or cholos <laughs> and pictures like that, I'm like, this is from a movie, and there's like five movies that we can pick from, right? right. From like the '80s to now. Yes. And I couldn't remember, and I was like, what is this from? I was like. <laughs> No, I don't even know, and I still don't. I don't. I think some artist just made it. He was like, "Hey, Holmes, posed in the bed like you're writing and shit, like writing for that next song." Stop, that, you felt that. I felt that, and so like, yeah. So he's sitting there, and, and there's so many memes, <laughs> and so like, um, there's one where he's like, "Hey, I met the the uh, this fine heina at oh the pulga, and she was buying a lote con queso, Stop. extra queso the way I like it, <laughs> yeah, and then." She asked me my sign, and I told her Sudeño, and I asked her hers, and she said Capricorn. <laughs> I didn't know that set, so I shot her. And oh, my <laughs> God. That is dark side. Yeah, so I was like, what the heck? And so, like, obviously there's all kinds of, you know, memes that go into, you know, different words that go into it. But, um, yeah, no, it's just really funny, the idea of, like, this person, you know, writing in his diary. And, and it, it looks like a nice... Oil it does, yeah. It's That's like that should be at it. the Smithsonian at some <laughs> at some point. We in the need future. that representation, fam. Seriously, but it's just funny because like it's versatile. Yes, you know what I mean, indeed. people go back. People are like on both extremes of it, so it's really funny. But I connected with this cholo writing in his diary. I'm so glad. Know? I'm so glad you got that representation for, for yourself. Real. I, felt, I was like, yeah. This ain't just a me mood. This is a lifestyle. Yeah, for real. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so my me mood is, it changed literally within the last hour because I saw another video and I was like, you know what? No, this is how I really feel right now. And there are several videos of this human being that just make me love them so much. And I'm, yeah. I know there are criticisms to this human being, just like the rest of us. But there's one where Lil Uzi Vert is walking through the airport, and somebody's <laughs> talking to him like, hey, I hope you had a good day. And he's like, yeah, I did. And but he, see, like, does a shoulder little, little shim shimmy. Half a shimmy. It's so good. The thing that gets me, the, so it's hard not to love that video. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, regardless of how much you might hate Lil Uzi, mm -hmm. you can't sit sit there and watch that video. I can't even and, hate him. Yeah. But... Like he's he's a celebrity, he's a superstar. Yeah, no, for sure. This 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 man takes the headphone out of his <laughs> ear to listen to what this other person has to say. Most people would In just be like, airport. I ain't trying to listen. Yes, yeah, I ain't trying truly. to listen to you. I'm trying to get on this plane and take a nap. Yes. He, ta he, oh, he yeah. takes it out, he smiles, he smirks, he walks away, <laughs> does a little wave. I love it. Any video of him dancing will yeah. make my day better. So it's that is good. my me mood. Lil Uzi in the airport. And we actually have the amazing Melania Luisa Marte with us today. Yeah. So now that we have our me, our me moods, we can officially cruise into our next segment, which is the juice and Google. Let's do it. 
So as always, we like to start with some of the rougher news because I want everyone to still acknowledge these things, but process things to where we can hopefully feel a more positive outlook in the world because it's hard out here. Um, I'm not even going to cover Trump and his nonsense because I'm tired. Like, literally, I walked into my room the other day, and on the TV, they, like, vocally said, like, Trump and porn star scandal. And I was like, and they said President Trump, and I was like, yeah. bruh. That's something that we're never going to take away. Ever. We can't, we, this person will, for, for the rest of human history, this person will carry that. Right. And that's just, like, one smidgen of, like, his bullshit, right? Yeah. So that's the thing that I was like, <coughs> wow, that's really embarrassing. Like, that's for real happening. Um, but anyways, there's also lots of other things, like him firing his homie via Twitter. You know, just F-boy yeah. stuff. And yeah. I'm going to just move on from that. Um, some sad news out of Austin. Uh, very concerning were the Austin explosions that kind of popped up recently. Uh, as far as I know, they are targeting mostly black communities or black and brown communities mm, i didn't know that yes so they think it might be racially charged um because both of the people that have been killed were black people and it's not far-fetched because this is a neoliberal town i would say yeah and that's what gets scary because even in these quote-unquote progressive areas within a state like texas you got your monster still. Like, yeah. it don't mean crap if y'all vote blue when this kind of stuff is still happening. And it was a young teen boy that was headed to Howard, I believe. Oh, my God. Honestly, I get scared of, of you know, when you say neoliberal. I get, it, I don't get scared, but it's almost like I watch out more for that than I would someone who, like, I know is going to be up front with me and be like, look, right. I don't like you or your kind, yeah. so let's keep this separation the way it is. Not to say that I'm, I'm I'm cool with that. I'm just saying, like, there comes a point where I'm like, between those two, and especially with the, the, the climate as of late, it's easier to, to watch my back against someone. Who you already know yeah. is against you. Um, so rest <clears throat> in power to Draylen Mason. He's a 17-year-old victim. And I believe the other victim, it's been weird because they've kind of kept, kept him more anonymous. But it was also another, I believe, a black father. Um that was killed and so there's a lot of really crappy terrible things happening in austin and a yeah. lot of uh obvious gentrification happening in austin and so it's really scary to see this happening so be careful out there in austin hopefully none of these happen anymore um but yeah that shit is rough um the upcoming cover or now released cover of the time magazine of Time Magazine is a pretty powerful piece, and it is essentially about immigration, and mm -hmm. it is covering the family that their father was shipped away. Yeah. Sent away? Shipped away sounds weird. Deported. Deported. <laughs> That's the accurate word. I actually wanted to show you this picture I meant to show you earlier, but it's, like, really powerful and really mm -hmm. sad. Because they were farm workers, and now oh, okay. the woman is left with her family. Um, so it's a really powerful cover about, you know, I think it's called, like, I Love You, Dad, or some sad-ass shit. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's just, it's it's what we already know, right? The yeah. the, the story of, of immigration policy in 2018 in Trump's America, which 
It was already pretty terrible with Obama, but it's ruthless now, and it's yeah. getting scarier by the moment. And in a state like Texas, where we have Greg Abbott, it's like, I don't even know. So, it's a powerful image. It's called Ripped Apart, the Cost of America's Immigration Crackdown. It's on time uh, this month. But damn, she is, like, heavy as hell. Yeah. Um, and I mean, and you don't even have to, like... I mean, outside of the the outside of the immediate like repercussions for the families involved, when you take that, like I'm tired of seeing videos of families being torn apart or of an ICE agent, you know, taking a mom from her family right. because she's being sent back or whatever. There's there's way too many of those videos. There's way too many of those stories. We know that that's a reality that we live in. Yeah. But. Like, the power of, of, like, that Time magazine cover, like, yes, it highlights one of the most painful moments in that. But when you really look at the big picture, I mean, that's that's American society. So this is the destruction of American society and American culture. And as much as you might want to fight it or go against it, like, this community has been an an, an avid contributor to who we are as Americans and mm -hmm. to deny that is just un-American right. and then to look at it through this magnifying glass that we're finally like being afforded you know it's, it's much more than just a wake up call right I don't something still feels weird or off to me about time doing this or is it like <clears throat> how often have they been covering immigration yeah. or is it just happening right now in Trump's like I know obviously they always cover it in certain ways because it's Time magazine but oh, well it I mean, still feels something yeah. feels off. Something feels weird about this. Chip right now. Right. It's a high value chip. It's, yeah. it's just like uh like having to it's almost like exploiting us just to get whatever. Right. I don't know. It sucks. But we can move on to hopefully the last of the kind of sad news uh for today. Craig Mack passed. He did. And Stephen Hawking's passed. Both obviously unexpected. Yeah. Um, I think with our Stephen. Wait, it's one. It's not Hawkins. It's yeah, it's Hawking. Hawking. I yeah. made him plural. Hawkins. <laughs> You're Mexican. That's what we do. Stop! I had to <laughs> unwind. El, el, el Hawkins. And Stephen Hawkins. Look <laughs> what um, Craig Mack. I obviously just knew the obvious about him. Yeah. I said obvious three times there, but. You, my friend, old hip hop no, head, do you have more to say than me? <laughs> Dang, you literally <laughs> I winked, said it. I winked, old so it was friendly. It was friendly. You're not an old on, hip hop head because you know I can on. have conversation with you that I cannot have with old hip hop That's heads. That's true. That's true. So I was just kidding. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm understanding of the artistry that makes up who we are as a culture. We'll get to that more one day. Yeah, for real. Um, yeah, it, I mean, he was a pioneer, and so like he, he was, he was the guy, you know coming up and before Biggie came on he kind of you know depending on how you look at it he kind of catapulted Biggie into into the position that he became you know to be known for but mm -hmm. yeah obviously if if you listen to rap music or remotely have an interest in hip-hop uh you will have heard Flavor in Year right, of course and so yeah I mean I think in in terms of a contribution to where the culture started Craig Mack's name deserves to be mentioned and so, um, you know, as he as he uh, progressed in, in terms of his career, he had, you know, he, he kind of took a different route later on in his life. But, you know, that just speaks to the 
to the broad platform that hip hop is, you know. Um, Definitely. He, he was he was a he was a pioneer. He's a great artist, and uh, he'll be missed. He I think it was uh, heart failure. Oh, for real? I didn't even yeah, know it was. And he was young. I mean, he was way too young. Dang. But you know, it's, it's just one of those things that we uh, we're sad to see him gone. But um, we we wish him uh, safe return uh, home. Yeah, and uh, we'll see him on the other side. Woo! And then <laughs> that's probably not the best time to woo, right? I mean, it is. He, he's with the ancestors <laughs> okay. now. Okay. He transitioned. And then Stephen Hawking with one S. Um, no I S. Wait, shit! <laughs> We've been drinking wine for a long time now. It's been a minute. I literally looked at it. I wrote well, it no, correctly. You know what? I shouldn't correct you because it is with one S because there is one S it's in Steven. Steven. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I thought. Okay. Maybe I was right. Yeah, you okay. were right. Your, your head was in the right place. <laughs> okay. So anyways, I think it's really amazing. I'm not going to pretend that I'm some scientist and I was like obsessed with Stephen Hawking because I wasn't, <clears> but everybody knew who Stephen Hawking was. He was right. just one of those iconic figures that like. You just knew because their legacy and their their power and their intelligence was just, right. you know, everything. Um, but I, I shared this tweet because I just was like, damn, this is everything, where he was diagnosed with ALS in 1963. Yeah. The doctors gave him two years to live, and he died at 76. Yeah. So if nothing more, that is an incredible life lived on its own. Yeah. But his brilliance and intelligence. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, greater. I think as far as scientists are concerned, concerned he was the most famous especially sure. of our time um but beyond the scope of his work like you know <clears throat> he contributed a lot to humanity um because you know scientists now are based uh, he, he changed the way scientists really looked at, at the way we work and the way we research and, and all these things about about uh you know his field of stir of study and so he was a theoretical physicist, mm -hmm. you know, and he did all this really amazing work. Um, but at the end of the day, he also had a sense of humor, which I think is hilarious. Yeah, it makes him greater. Yeah, so. I never watched the movie that came out a few years ago. Oh, yeah. But I'm um, glad that it happened before he passed. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So, uh, now we can move on to a little bit brighter news. Whew. <sighs> I hope everybody survived that. Lord. Um, the Texas elections occurred the, what are they called? I'm saying the word wrong in my head, but um, primaries. Oh, yeah. Jesus. I was going to say preliminary, and I knew that wasn't right. I was happy with the feedback. I will say that I was, I'm annoyed with the system, obviously, because it's not built to um, allow people to vote. Mm -hmm. Um and it's difficult. Even if you n have, like, a week of early voting, it was still stressful. And, like, I still couldn't get in then. And yeah. then I changed my address, and I found out that I s could not vote still. So that was really frustrating for me because, <coughs> according to what I saw online, I had to turn in my voting card by this certain day, and I did. Mm -hmm. But I was supposed to turn it in two days before to allow two days of processing. What? But they didn't say, they didn't make that clear. Right. Anyways, it all feels really like that's just my irritating. And like obviously I procrastinated. That is my fault. I agree. But I still did submit it by the day that was. See, posted. my thing with all of that is that if you are a citizen, if you are someone who is wanting to contribute in terms, and you're entitled to that vote, right? You shouldn't have to jump through hoops, right? You shouldn't. And you, that's the BS. You wanted to vote. You should have been able to vote. That should yeah. be the end of it. I agree. It shouldn't be like. 
tied up with all of these loopholes and time frames that are confusing or whatever. It's like, hey, I want to vote. Yeah. This is why I'm allowed to vote. Let me cast my vote. And it should be as simple it as that. It should be like that, but nothing in this country is actually equal or fair. So, anyways, that's my annoyance. But Latinos, kind of Latinas, to be more specific, showed out. And I mean showed out like they were voted in. And then, oh boy, with the name that makes you think he's Latino, but he's not. Yeah. But he's using that name, I think, yeah. as a benefit to him. So I will. am glad that he... Um, that he will be competing against, the, te, let's be specific, actually, not just Ted Cruz, this mother plucker, this was irritating to me, and I'm not big about any of these candidates, right? So Ted Cruz tweeted something like, oh, uh, Beto changed his name so that he could appeal to these people more. I was like... I know your bitch ass, Rafael. That's his real that's why, name. No, I know. That's why I don't even like. Like I don't even I'm like, bro. You don't. You ain't <laughs> Put worthy shame of that on our name. name. For real. Get get out of here with but that. But I was like, how are you gonna say that when you went from Rafael to Ted? Yeah. Bruh. Bye. Cállate. Bye. I really want to see him like fuera, like completely out of here. Um. So whatever it takes, hopefully that can occur. So I know a lot of people were really happy with. Um, what occurred that night so several latinas were also voted in i believe one representative from dallas was voted in and i felt embarrassed because i met her at a event the night before this is a funny story okay so i i let me get her name i can't remember her name off the top of my head <laughs> but this story is too good though this is so dumb i'm so dumb <laughs> So I, remember I when you was, were telling it to me, and I was just like, no. I went to support. But you keep it real. That just goes to show that you keep it real. You keep I it guess. 100. I went to support North Texas Dream Team as they do, um, you know, awesome events all the time and just keeping us on our, like, on our shit, basically, with, yeah. with making sure we're taking care of our DACA communities and undocumented communities. And. So I saw this woman, and she kind of comes up to me, and she's like, hey, have you been to these things before? And I was like, yeah, my friends are a part of this, so I come when I can. And she's like, oh, this is my first one, and that's all she said. She didn't have any kind of button, no pin, no nothing. Yeah. And so I said, wow, you have amazing skin. What is your skin <laughs> regimen? <laughs> and she just smiled, and she's like, thank you so much. She was like, I actually don't do that much. I just wash my face. And I was yeah. like, what the so I'm like, oh, so you just have great genetics. And she was like, yeah, I guess so. She's like, sometimes people touch my face because they don't think it's real, my yeah. real skin. I was like, girl, no, don't let them do that. Bro. Then I found out. She uses stem cells to wash her face. Stop it. Uh, so then the next day I go on Facebook and like a friend that's like a politician was like, congrats to so-and-so. She won the state representative seat. And I was like, um, no, she didn't. Because I, I just talked about her skin last night. That ain't the same person. It was the same person. And she has great skin. So I'm really proud and happy for her because, you know, we need great skin as Latinas in politics. Um, wow, I really cannot find her name. I think it's Gonzalez. I'm, uh, oh, no. <laughs> Rafa, you don't know it? You just, I, I don't know who you, <laughs> you're just going to start throwing names out, Gonzalez, I'm Gutierrez. No, don't do that, don't do that, <laughs> I didn't say all that. Well, I'll figure it out, I'm so sorry I'm doing this, but congrats to everybody that 
one, it was exciting for Latinas. Hopefully we can actually get some stuff happening and hopefully you guys don't assimilate enough to white culture to just make them happy. Um, but that's, I know, a lot to ask for our community sometimes. But yes, so that was exciting turnouts so that maybe, I don't know, I... Texas just stresses me out when it comes to politics because they still want to keep Greg Abbott there. And and the person that won, well, actually, I think, is it Andrew White and Lupe Valdez are doing a runoff again, or am I crazy? I thought Lupe no, you won. You might be right. Hmm? You might be right. I, I think I saw that they're doing a runoff, even though Lupe won by, like, a good margin, in my opinion. So I'm apologizing to the people that know politics way better than I do, and I'm probably making you cringe a little bit uh however i would love to believe that texas can get its shit together and maybe we can do a little something something i don't know maybe how do you feel because i feel a little bit like uh, but i want to well, believe me shout out to we, we do need to vote we do need to keep or get our shit together and and show show who actually is running the state yeah um and i've seen a lot of like you know, the information and articles about how, you know, it's, it's some of the things are looking more purple than red and maybe more blue than anything. And um, I always think change is, is exciting, um, even though afterwards I, I might not feel the same once Lord I actually Jesus. experience the change. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that we've we've uh, we've gone a long time with, you know, what we have. Right. And uh we definitely need a little bit of a mix-up. Need something. So, Lord yeah. Jesus. I'm at least about that purple. Let's <laughs> at least get that purple. <laughs> Stop. That is not what we're talking about. All right. So then this was kind of interesting. Mattel. I, Mattel announced. I believe it's metal. Bruh. Is it really? Don't <laughs> no, it's me. I really don't know. <laughs> uh, they released that they are going <clears throat> to be... Uh, releasing inspiring women Barbie dolls, which in theory sounds kind of cool, right? It it kind of does. It does. Like my bitch ass would have killed for this shit as a child. Yeah. Uh, so they're gonna be doing people like Amelia Earhart, the NASA uh, mathematician Katherine Johnson that was on the movie yeah. Hidden Figures, and then one Frida Kahlo. Um, Frida Kahlo? Have you heard of her? I think so. Like, maybe once or twice. Maybe. Uh-huh. Yeah, she... <laughs> apparently, they all sold out, obviously, very quickly. And then I saw somewhere that said that Frida's estate hadn't even approved of this shit. <laughs> right. I was like, how do y'all do this? Yeah. Y'all are very, very big. Come on, yes. Be playing those there games. is a responsibility. You should know this. So, from my understanding, they were working with the Frida Kahlo Foundation, mm-hmm. but not with her estate. And so the estate is ran by her niece, and her niece was like, honestly, I'm not that bothered, but I would have liked her to have more of Frida's traits. Yeah. So her color, her eyes are kind of a light brown. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, you know what? You go, niece, because that's important to acknowledge, especially since someone like Frida probably would have hated all the things we do to her now as far as capitalism goes and just, you know... um, doing all these things to her name essentially but i'm proud of her niece for saying yo let's not have light colored eyes and let's actually make her 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 traits as hers were 
Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was interesting, but it's also really funny because I'm like, all right, like, are we gonna like tell our kids about communism and like all these other things too, yeah. or <laughs> <laughs> are we just gonna pretend she was like cute, sweet artist, yeah. um, and and leave it at that because it's clean. I don't know. So I thought that was interesting. I mean, I would kill for a Frida doll, TBH. Yeah. The same way I would have killed my uh, for my cousins in 99 when she had, like, not one, but, like, two Selena dolls. I don't know mm. if you remember that, but I was very jealous Selena. of my cousin. Not Gomez, you little piece of dirt. <laughs> um, sorry. I promise y'all I'm not a bully. He just, like, knows all my pressure points and not in a good way. <laughs> So anyways, Barbie's doing new dolls. That should be interesting. I think that they said that they're going to work with her family to change the doll up a little bit. Well, good. Yeah, and I think you're right. I mean, it's it's dope, the idea of it and seeing that. Because, you know, there's so many contributing factors to the conditioning that, right. you know, that, that, that we see, that we have seen for so long. Um, and, yeah, like this, this, this like, vast awakening is happening or it seems like it's happening so or is it people just capitalizing because we're finally getting quote-unquote woke that too it sucks everything kind of sucks and you just kind of have to like roll with it and decide to just chill and not take it so seriously yeah but i mean i feel like it rather i rather it be cool to be woke than okay to be ignorant you know what i mean yeah (laughs) yeah i guess so i don't know it's complicated it is uh, in other cool news, Maria Contreras Sweet. So when I first heard this name, I was like, okay. That's pretty sweet. Uh, <laughs> I had, come on, I had to. I guess. I don't know why I didn't see it coming, but I didn't. She is a Mexican-born businesswoman that decided to buy the Weinstein Company. So that shit's pretty dope. Yeah. Because when I first saw the headline, it was like, a woman buys the Weinstein Company. I'm like, hold on, honey. Her name's Maria Contreras. You better not ignore that because Latin (laughs) women especially ain't running the game that often. Because when we do, we don't get the credit. And it certainly isn't with things worth millions, billions of dollars. So I thought that was really dope. That is true. I mean, you're right. And so it seems like what she's wanting to do is take a hold of this company and kind of reclaim it and make it something better and more inclusive for women and really change it into something really amazing. Yeah. So that, I thought that was really cool that, that she really cool. It's really dope. she bought the Weinstein Company and hopes to do cool things with it. It seems like she's still going to keep a lot of the people that are there already yeah. on board, which, you It's know. symbolic, though. I see it like right. her just running up on them like, give me that. Uh-huh. Get, get out of here. Yeah, so apparently they reached a deal and it was reported at $500 million. That's it. Give me two of them. Oh, okay. I'll take two. Two Weinstein companies, please. Uh, so hopefully something cool comes of that. Maria Contreras, if you'd like to hire me or the Colores, please hit us up. It seems like you have a couple stacks you. in your pocket that you might be able to share. Um, in more, see, there is a cool, lots of cool lady news. Uh, there always is, and maybe we should highlight it more often, and I always try to do so. But, like, since we're wrapping up the end of our Viva la Mujer series and or art show, I had to make it extra, extra. There is going to be, I have to keep it real, I didn't watch this show very much, but hearing that this is going to happen, I thought that was pretty neat. The show Charmed. Oh, it was a show. Bruh, what did you think it was? I'm just Lucky. Kidding. Okay. 
Apparently. No, was Alyssa Milano was in it, right? Yes. Yeah, that's the only reason I know. Bruh, you're such a... Never mind. I had a poster of her in my room. Did you? I did. That sounds funny. I'm just kidding. Okay, well, who do I trust anymore? Nobody. The CW just confirmed that all the witches in the new Charmed reboot will be Latina. So shout out to uh, Fried Papita and Richard Tina from... Song Mess and CYC because I didn't know this and I was like, oh shit, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that was a thing. But now I'm interested and I believe it's CW, so I wonder if they're wanting to do that also because they've seen great success with Jane the Virgin, which is another all Latinx show. Oh, Jane the Virgin. Oh my, oh my God, Coco. Oh. Are you okay? Yo, we got to get on this. Hey. What? Oh, okay. I was like, are you having no, a seizure? Them. Okay. <laughs> having a seizure. I was like, bruh, you just started going. I didn't even catch on. So I think that will be interesting. They've announced the casting, and I think that's cool. I really like, I hope, ugh, I hate when I just always think, like, are y'all just cashing out on us because y'all know that we pay for shit? Yeah. Or do y'all actually give a rat's ass and want to see more representation of our community? It sucks because I will always think that they're they're understanding the value of the Latino dollar. Right. Um, but, you know, we'll, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. No, I will too. That's why I thought it was actually pretty cool. Even though yeah. I didn't watch the show, I'd still probably give it a shot. Just because yeah. I'm like, three Latina witches? This sounds fucking reasonable. <laughs> like, I can get down with it. I know. I, I feel like I, I could have... Giving them, you know, some some insider info. Like yeah, I, you're like, well, my cousin, yeah, like, la señora <laughs> up the street. There yeah. was one lady that we visited in Mexico when we went when I was young, and like I dead ass was like, mom, yeah, she's a witch. Mom was like, no, and I was like, they live in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so serious. I don't remember their name. It was two sisters. They lived in the forest. Yeah. And I was, like, impressed, but also kind of scared of them. Yeah. I was in fifth grade, so, like, what did I know? But, like, I was like, yeah. they're witches. No, there's huh? a part of town, like, over where my family's from, there was a part of, of, of that little town where it was, like, you know, if you're going to walk by this house, mm-hmm. just know that there's a, there's a bruja <laughs> living there. So. This could be really cool. I actually, now that we're talking about it more, I'm like, damn, they can really, they really can do they something. They could. We'll I'm see saying. what happens. Charmed. Latina edition. El Ojo. El Ojo. <laughs> that's, that's what they rename it. Uh, then, as we're getting closer to the end of the juice, we recently passed what was considered National Walkout Day. Uh, students protested across the nation against gun violence, and that was pretty cool to see. Uh, it's been, I think we covered it a little bit last episode with Emma Gonzalez. Um, and it's been really amazing to see the power in the youth unfold and then on such a big scale. And then with walkouts, because walkouts always remind me of like Crystal City and Mm. just like, you know, Latino movements in that way. But I'm just like, damn, like, hopefully, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen or what's going to come of it, but power to you all and, and keep doing the work. We're here to support you and cheer you on. I saw a, uh, somebody posted something that said students were, were scared because, you know, of suspensions and mm-hmm. damaging, like, college applications and acceptance and admissions and things like that. And um, I think it was a, a college professor that said um, the essay, I got suspended for protesting the NRA, reads more powerful than why soccer changed my life. Oh, my God. Like that. That's yeah. true. I mean, and that's the thing, though. It's like, 
I saw another post that was like, anybody who's saying that these kids are bad are the, like, it's so obviously stupid. Like, y'all sound yeah. so stupid, basically. Like, uh, I don't know. So hopefully there's not any major repercussions for these students who really are practicing their right and trying to fucking be safe in school. Like, yeah. it's not a hard concept. I don't know. But y'all know how this country do. We like to make everything. Ooh. Lord. Then finally, I always leave the best for last. What is, I don't, I couldn't read this on the. You should be very happy about this, <laughs> old buddy. <laughs> old buddy. I didn't say old. Yeah, I you said did. You old. said old buddy. <laughs> old. Old buddy. It's a little sweeter. Is it not old buddy, old pal? The On The Run 2 tour has been announced. While you're hearing this, Eva's bank account has reached zero because she no longer has funding for life because she probably spent what she shouldn't have on a damn Beyonce ticket. I mean, Jay-Z and Beyonce ticket. Yes, please. <laughs> That's my favorite part is that everybody's always still like, Beyonce tickets, did you get your Beyonce tickets? And it's like, fam, he's going to have a whole ass half of the show. Yes. Um, that was the first time I saw Beyonce when we, me, Pat, and Ari went to the first tour. Mm. When I tell you that I was sitting in the highest, furthest place away from her, and I did not care. Yeah. I cried. I sat after the show was over, and I was crying. Like, not like obnoxious tears, like just the beautiful ones that, like, you just saw something. Oh, uh, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. I just saw something. Like in contact when Jodie Foster sees that galaxy, and she's like, you should have sent a poet. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. I, I was looking for a way to ruin that moment. <laughs> and you did it. You did it. I had to because I'm throwing up the rock. You are. I mean, that's the th reason I went to the on the run tour too. Though I mean, the first. Ooh, look at me talking in the future. Uh, when I went to the future? first one, stop it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> when I went to the first one, I was like, cool. I get to see both of two of my favorite artists at one time. Yeah. And at first I was like, I'm not going. And then they released like a dope ass trailer. And I was like, I'm fucking going. I'm right there. <laughs> and then I feel like that's going to happen again with this one where I'm like, I don't need to go, but I'm going. Yeah. And the ticket prices hurt my whole soul, but I'll probably still yeah. want to hit it up. Cause it was Do just you cool. think, does, does Live Nation finance? See they me? should. They should start. <laughs> if they're smart, they if would. If they're smart, they'll help like, us yeah, out. Get that uh, 0.5% APR. Bruh, that is so sad. <laughs> but I'm into it, so let's consider it. No, I think it could be really cool. I, I know people are saying, like, is she going <clears> to <throat> drop an album before? Is she going to wait till after? I really don't know. I don't care. I just, it's hard to want to miss the two of them together. And it's weird, though, because I feel like I'm nervous. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> Why? Because on the read, they were like, y'all know they're going to boo him. They're going to boo him. Somebody in there is oh, going to boo him. They and I was are, like, shit. They are going to boo him. Yeah, but I'm also fascinated because I wanted to go to the 444 concert. Yeah. And so now I'm like, cool, I can see both. Yeah. So I'm cool with going. He is going to get booed. He deserves a good booing. He does, but I mean... Look, your favorite man's was a confessed cheater. How do you feel about that? I'm not proud. Okay, I'm just, I'm just curious. But people make mistakes. They He's do. To they do. Himself. I agree. I mean, it only took till 47 to admit <laughs> oh that God. you know you had to grow up and uh, address the lack of emotions men are allowed to have. You know what, Sean? For all the turmoil that you've gone through <laughs> as a as a young as a young black man in this country. Uh huh. 
I am still with you. I am with him too. Like, don't get it twisted. Just because I like Kendrick more as a rapper right now does not mean I don't love Jay Z. Okay. I think people are starting to think I hate Jay Z, and I do not. I, okay. I, okay. Jay Z was okay. one of my first intros into rap. Okay. I respect that. And like, that. Pat was obsessed that. with him. Susie really liked him. Like, I grew up loving me some Hove. Okay. But right now, yeah. he ain't my number one. He also cheated on the queen herself, so how fucking dare you? <laughs> Anyways, still going to go try to see this tour. Join me. Drain your bank account with me. And that is all we have for El Hugo this week. Yay! Ooh, that's a juice. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, here we go. All right, we are now welcoming to the show Melania Luisa Marte. Yes. Melania Luisa Marte is a first-generation American. She was born in the Bronx and raised in the Lower East Side of New York City. Her multicultural upbringing inspires her to write about navigating the world as a native Spanish, native Spanish speaker of Afro-Dominican descent. She's also a member of the 2017 Dallas Poetry Slam team, currently ranking fifth in the nation. <laughs> she has performed, oh, okay, this is cool. featured, <laughs> and competed in cities across the country. Marte represented Dallas in the 2017 Women of the World Poetry Slam competition and was a finalist at the 2017 Texas Grand Slam Poetry Competition. She works as a teaching artist and a creative workshop facilitator. Marte's poetry explores many subjects, including her Afro-Latina roots and culture, intersectional feminism, and self-love. She is currently working on her debut collection of poetry, Mango Butter. To learn more, visit MelaniaLuisa.com. Please give a warm welcome to De Colores Radio, Melania Luisa Marte. Thank you for being on the show. We're so excited to have you on. Thank you for having me. I like the way you read my bio. It was very, like, uh, I felt, like, cry. accomplished, like I've been doing something with my life. You have Instead been. of just, like, crying at home every uh, other day. Hey, know? I feel that, honestly. <laughs> but you totally have. I'm yeah. glad I, glad I brought. Also, Eva don't play. <laughs> I, I like to give some honor to our people. That's why we bring you on the show, because you're Thank doing you. great things. And I would like to honor your nails. Shut okay, up. Can you do a little a nail cam right <laughs> now for so us over much. here? Look, guys. Yes. I did it one time for my birthday. <laughs> um, but tell us a little bit more about your upgrade, upbringing, excuse me, that you were born and raised in New York. Yeah, that was a fun experience um, in a very enlightening way, I guess, because... I think growing up in New York as a kid, kind of, uh, I feel like you mature faster than, mm -hmm. than other kids. Because I feel like you see things, you know, yes. like you're on the train, you're on the lookout, you got to be careful, you don't fall into the tracks and, like, right. die. God. You know, you, when you was the last time you went? Like, all that stuff just blows first, my mind. Like, the first time I took the train or something? Yeah, alone. Alone? Probably when I started high school. Okay. Yeah. Like, fully yeah. alone. Because for the most part, my school was really close to um, where I lived in mm -hmm. the Lower East Side, so I didn't ever really have to take the train to get to school. Right. So that would really be the only time I would take the train. Mm -hmm. I would need to take the train outside of, you know, like on weekends, you know, my parents had a car, so that, that made it a little bit easier. We didn't right. really have to use, use a lot of uh, trains. But when I got older, uh, to commute to school every day, I had to take the train. Wow. It was awful. And you were there, you were born there until, and you moved... Mm -hmm. way later on so you were born and raised yeah so like my like up until my adult life i lived in new york city yeah and that so then fun. like you said as a child in new york you're you grow up really quickly so mm -hmm. tell us more about that yeah you just um you see things you know you experience things you learn uh kind of 
how to navigate a crowded world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow, I should write a poem about that. <laughs> but seriously, you learn how to navigate a crowded world, and you kind of, and I think it makes you more independent at a young age. For because sure. you're just, like, I remember me and my friends in middle school, we were already, like, my mom would, like, let us leave the house by ourselves. And, uh -huh. like, even in elementary school, by, like, I was already walking home from school by, like, fifth, sixth grade, I was already walking home from school by mm -hmm. myself, you know? So, um... You, you, you know, you uh, experience the catcalling at a younger age. Mm. You experience uh, the, you know, seeing homeless people on the streets and um, understanding that not everyone has the same privileges you have. And, and there are people who have privileges that you don't even have and kind of navigating all of those things. Um, understanding uh, uh, social classes and economic classes. Like, I grew up in, in the Lower East Side where, you know, it'd go from you walk a few blocks and you're in the projects where mm -hmm. you walk another few blocks and you're in some of the richest parts of New York City. Right. And I grew up in between all of that, you know. And um, and at the time I grew up in New York City, it wasn't as gentrified as, as it is now. Mm -hmm. Whereas now I go back home and everything's completely gentrified. And wow. a lot of the businesses that were there when I was a kid, like there used to be this uh, store called Lucky's mm -hmm. where you would buy everything was a dollar. Of you course. could get all of like the cute bracelets and Aww. the jewelry and the 99 cents earrings, the hoop <laughs> earrings yes. and the, all this stuff. And uh -huh. all and all of a sudden, the store just disappeared. And it was a huge space. And it was wow. like on, um, on Delancey Street. Uh, and now it's like gone most of those businesses are gone most of the bodegas are gone wow. um, so just kind of already at a younger age i was understanding um the way capitalism works you know Jeez. and the way gentrification works and the way displacement of of um people works in the way um sometimes as brown people and as black people uh we're in circumstances where sometimes uh our lives don't matter, mm -hmm. you know, and our culture doesn't matter. And if it's not providing so, uh, some kind of benefit to capitalism, then it goes away, right. disappears, you know. And um, and as a first-generation American, uh, I understood that double because right. there were so many, um, so many of my experiences were of seeing um, the people in my family uh, starting from scratch, you know, coming to America, not having anything. You know, my grandma came to America in 1963. Wow. You know, she she came right as the civil rights era was, you know, uh, finishing and, mm -hmm. and, and finally providing a, uh, equality for people and um, for everyone. And so it, it's a really it was a really weird um, but uh, enlightening um, experience growing up in New York City, because I think it also allowed me to understand that um, although there was a lot of tension and there's a lot of. Um, economic uh disparities and mm -hmm. stuff there was also this celebration of just being from new york and right. being very new york and Definitely. you know and you know being cool and shit because like <laughs> everyone's from yeah <laughs> yeah true. you know like you're from new york uh -huh. therefore you're just naturally interesting you know yes. so it's just like that's so funny so then those things that you saw as a kid like how did you justify them in your mind do you remember that because um, like now i understand a lot of the things i was struggling yeah, with as like a kid. as a kid like as a kid i didn't understand the concept um like, I remember when I was, my first experience understanding poverty was when, um, my first trip to the Dominican Republic. Because mm. I didn't, like, you know, and it's funny because in, in New York City, we grew up poor. Yeah. We grew up, uh, you know, barely middle class. Right. But I didn't really understand, I didn't have anything to compare it to. Because mm -hmm, that's all you knew. Exactly. So my, my first trip as, like, a semi, uh, 
older kid, I was like seven or eight, I think, um, and my mom sent me to DR to spend the summer there because she, she was working. My brothers were in, like, boys' club all summer, mm. and, like, she didn't want to leave me with a nanny, so she was just like, okay, I'm going to send you. So she sent me with my aunt to the Dominican Republic. I spent the summer there. I had the best time of my life. Uh, and that was the first time you'd ever been? That was the first time I had been without my mom. Okay. Like, I had been as a kid, like, yeah. like two years old, three mm-hmm. years old, but, um, like, from memory, that was, like, the earliest memories I had on right. my own. Just of you really there. exploring it. Really exploring it, yeah. And so uh, so that summer for me was very transformative, and at a young age, already I was, like, seven and I had already had an understanding that these kids didn't have what I had mm-hmm. you know they didn't have clean sneakers they didn't have um access to filtered water you know they didn't have um the access to a good education mm-hmm. resources a com- you know uh, a computer at home that they could go to to find information and look stuff up you know and so I was already kind of and and I'm grateful for my mom for because uh, she wanted us to have that she wanted us to understand that hey, you're an American, and that that holds a lot of weight. Right. You know, even though you're growing up in poverty in America, it's not even the same comparison of growing so, up in poverty in a third world yeah. country mm-hmm. like she did. And um, and so it was, it was really transformative, and it really, um, even as a kid, I think it, it humbled me to understand that, you know, do I need this toy, or could I use this money for something else, you mm-hmm. know? Or could I, uh, do I need all of these toys? Or could I give away the toys I got for Christmas last year to my friends over there, you mm-hmm. know? And so little things like that kind of helped me understand that you ha- uh, it is important uh, to uh, kind of already instill in younger generations the importance of, of giving back and the importance of understanding that uh, we are fortunate. Right. And, um, and there are people who aren't, are less fortunate. And, and what can we do to uh, help? however we can you know um so it was was really beautiful i'm I'm really grateful for my child and i'm really grateful for my mom for uh um keeping us humble and and helping us understand that um though we do face adversities here um because of lack of access to information and lack of uh having um you know you know, because my parents came as immigrants and, mm-hmm. and, and they didn't grow up here. And so they had to learn things as they went along. And they didn't have generations of families that had already to acquired wealth and, and, and resources yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but still making the best out of it and still uh, using what we can and, and, and making um, something out of this American dream, you know. Right. The so-called American dream. Yeah. So you've already told us you have a Dominican background, but the term Afro-Latina, is that something you always knew about or heard about or identified with or I know it's obviously much more reoccurring now yeah. and celebrated now so mm-hmm. what is your relationship so, with that? So um, for most of my childhood it wasn't like race wasn't really talked about. It was right. like oh we're Dominican mm-hmm. you know and it wasn't and in New York right? In so New you, York so yeah everyone knows what Dominicans are so mm-hmm. you don't really have to explain your racial makeup in New York because people just get it mm-hmm. but um, my first instances were just uh, just uh, traveling, you know, even to Dallas or uh, um, moving uh, moving to Dallas and uh, being around other types of people who weren't from New York, who didn't understand the culture, didn't understand that you can be black and speak Spanish, right. didn't really uh, come into contact with other Afro-Latinos. And um, so, but for most of my childhood, it was just like, oh, I'm Dominican. Mm-hmm. And then um, as I got older, I, I started understanding that, yeah, you can be Dominican, 
but the, but race is is and culture are two different things and ethnicity are two different things you know and and so i i started just understanding you know like a running joke we have in our family we're so like yeah we're black and we speak spanish mm-hmm. you know that's like that's always been our thing where we said it was like yeah uh-huh. we're dominican which means yes you know we have cousins that are white and blonde hair and blue eyes and we mm-hmm. have cousins that are my complexion and darker and mm-hmm. and and um for me, it was easier because in my family, I wasn't, like, the only, like, right. like Afro-Latina. Uh-huh. Like, a lot of people uh, just have trouble with that because there'll be, like, three out of a hundred members in their family who are actually Afro-Latino. So it's confusing because it's mm-hmm. like, well, my family is technically more, you know, on on the European uh, Yeah, that's uh, so interesting side. to think about. Exactly. Like, there are a lot of Dominicans that I know in my family who are, like, they don't identify as black and they don't identify as Afro-Latino because they don't, they don't, their genetics aren't really a derivative of Afro descent, Mm -hmm. you know, but in my family, like my father was black, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and my mother was a black, but also just lighter complexion. Mm -hmm. And so really that really the under it wasn't difficult for me to be like, Oh, I'm Afro-Latino. Cause it was like, well, duh. Yeah. It's obvious. Yeah. But for a lot of people, when I had to explain it, it was almost like I was being like, you know, uh, like the, the backlash that Amara La Negra gets where it's just Mm -hmm. like, Oh, you're trying to take on something that's not, that doesn't belong to you. Or you're trying to like, uh, basically put on this mask because Amara La Negra, she gets a lot of backlash and people really think she's like wearing black face. That's, yeah. like, so offensive. Yeah, that This is, like, exactly. the skin color you're born in, and people are like, oh, you're tanning yourself to make yourself that skin mm-hmm. color? You know, and that's, like, really scary. Right. That it's so hard for people to understand that for so long, you know, um, society has whitewashed the depiction of what Latinidad actually is, mm. that it's almost impossible to think that someone like Amara La Negra could be Latina. Exists, Yeah. Yeah, no, that's real. So then I know, so obviously in New York, it would it, it wasn't as difficult. But then what brought you to Texas and then navigating that identity here? Mm-hmm. Um, I know when we, we met up a few weeks ago, I was just like, I could see the stares from being at a Mexican restaurant and her speaking in Spanish. And I was like, damn, I could not go through that shit all the time. Yeah, yeah. So my mom actually, um, she bought a house here when I was in high school. And so for a little bit, for a few years of my high school uh lifespan mm-hmm. <laughs> which was awful regardless but <laughs> for a few years i spent living here in in texas so a lot of my experience with understanding colorism and understanding uh, the confusion of mm-hmm. what afro-latina even is um it does come from my living in texas you know because i would imagine so it's <laughs> very complex and 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 i'm and and i've accepted you know i'm just been like okay this is frustrating but i've accepted that that is a conversation that needs to be had mm-hmm. and i'm just like if you want to have this conversation with me i'm like okay you Let's know when go. strangers come yeah. up to me and they're confused or they're like this they're like surprised i'm like but y'all listen to bachata yeah. <laughs> and romeo santos uh-huh. and merengue and it's just like you know because of media this mm-hmm. is why media is so important this mm-hmm. is why podcasts are so important this is why having these conversations yeah. is so important because when you don't put a picture to a culture right? right when you don't have the people who created the culture actually as the face of the culture it's easy to uh, whitewash oh, it oh absolutely Ooh, it's so Crazy. easy to whitewash it Ooh. i remember we um, and just to like I'm, I'm not trying to interrupt you but what you're speaking to is so important because when we were at wild detectives mm-hmm. talking about gentrification and yes. there was a couple of points that came up 
And, um, you know, I had that idea of, you know, it's, it's, I said something and someone came up to me and like had a, you know, they had a problem with it, but I said, you know, for the most part, people are okay with loaning a little culture. It's mm-hmm. when you take and exclude right. that yeah. it becomes a problem. And right. then you end up with like a Dia de los Muertos slash Halloween party <laughs> front funded by, by a white exactly DJ. Ridiculous. Yeah. And so, yeah, like y- I have, you know, the, the, the significance of, you know, putting that picture to the culture mm-hmm. is, is paramount. And, you know, once we realize as a community that it has been whitewashed, um, I think that's when we start to realize and take ownership. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, these are the things that we had. And the realization of it being taken away and us yeah, disconnected. Yeah, it's that Kanye moment where he's like, I'm going to let you finish. Oh yes. I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> yes. Like, okay, I'm going to let you take this. I'm going to let you uh, appropriate. I'm going to let you, you know, do this. But let me actually, let me let me speak. Mm-hmm. You know, let me actually say what I have to say. Let me actually represent my people. Mm-hmm. You know, and let me do it in a way that makes us feel good. That doesn't make us feel used. Doesn't right. make us feel exploited. For you sure. know, and that's where the issue comes in. Like, I'm... I'm not opposed to Shakira, like, singing merengue songs and bachata songs. My issue becomes is when Shakira is the face of bachata or merengue. Right. Exactly. When Justin Bieber's the face of bachata. Oh, my God. Yes, You know, like, that is my issue. You know, I'm all for Drake doing Spanish songs with Romeo Santos. Mm -hmm. My issue becomes is what are you doing for the people who are being uh, disadvantaged by your appropriation. Yeah, by this culture you're Yeah, because then you have all these tourists coming to DR, buying up the land, uh, uh, gentrifying the cities, Mm -hmm. and displacing all of these people who still don't have access to clean water, still don't have a proper education, still don't even have the resources to to own the block, Mm -hmm. to own their own blocks. You know, that's where my issue comes in. And that's why I'm like, Sometimes we need to have those uncomfortable conversations. And I'm just like, I don't mind being the bad guy. You know, like Mm -hmm. I did um, for... It was like for Hispanic Heritage Month last year. Um, I got asked to do uh, um, uh, some kind of panel at at a community college here in Dallas, mm-hmm. and um, like uh, a, a white woman, she she raised her hand and she said, "How can we? How can I help?" She was like, "My my father raised me to not see color." No. And I immediately <laughs> got enraged. I was just like, yeah. "No!" It's I was like just like, "No." that is not what you say when you're trying to not sound racist you know i told her i was like no i need you to see color Mm because if you don't see color you don't see how i'm being uh uh, attacked for my color Mm -hmm. how how my skin color you know i wrote this poem recently where i was talking about um a conversation i had uh as a kid with my friend where she was like you know like why are you always standing up for black girls it's like, you're my best friend. You're supposed to stick up for me. And I was just like, well, you don't understand that some of the things you're saying, you're attacking them mm-hmm. for, for, for who they are, for just being for, the, for blackness. Mm-hmm. And it's like that just I have to stick up for it. Right. You know, and in, in, in me and her as a kid, we were like in middle school and we got into it. And I told her, I was like, you know, I feel like I see the world differently because my skin color forces me to see the world differently. I don't have the privilege to not see the to see the world through your lens. You can pass as white. Mm-hmm. You know, she was she was Puerto Rican and so it was easy for her to pass as white. Right. She could say she didn't have to say I'm Puerto Rican. She could just say I'm white, you know? For me, I can't be like, "Oh yeah, I'm white." Yeah. Who's going to believe it? Yeah. Yeah. Who's who, who where is my you. white privilege? Right. I can't use it. I don't have a white privilege card. Mm-hmm. So I have to say, "Oh, well maybe 
Maybe you're using this as an excuse to use colorism as a shield for self-esteem. Maybe right. you're using this, you know, that, that whole, oh, well, at least I got good hair. At least I got, I, I got uh, exotic eyes. At least, at least, you know, there's all these things that we, that in our culture we're, we're taught is okay to say, mm -hmm. you know, and it's not okay. It's, it's not, not okay to turn on um, Univision and all you see is white Latinas. Yes, when there's blue a plethora, eyes, hair. a plethora of women of color who yes. aren't white passing, who can't yeah. pass as white, who, who, who would love to if they could because there are more opportunities passing as white, but they, they can't do it. They don't fit the description. And so it's not fair, you know, and it's not okay. Now all of a sudden people are, like, attacking, uh, you know, like the way Amara La Negra is being attacked for uh, representing who she is mm -hmm. altruistically. Yeah. And she's being attacked for it and, and told, oh, well, you, no. We want you to be pro-black, but not like that. Yeah, that's too not, much. Or yeah, it makes us uncomfortable. Right. It makes us have conversations about our racism. It makes us really look at colorism as a huge issue in our communities. Yes, for sure. You know, and... No, so but it's necessary. It's absolutely necessary. So then uh, I'm going to take us back just a second. So you came to Texas because mom had bought home mm -hmm. here. She moved, yeah. And so then you're like, I'm going to follow mom. Mm -hmm. You started going to high school here. And then here in Texas is when you started facing a lot more of those experiences. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I think that forced me to write more. And I think that's how I got into poetry, where I was just like, I was going through just so many experiences. I think also just like coming into my own and just like understanding that, you know, I see the world differently because of my experiences. Right. And I see the world differently and I'd like to use some of whatever I've learned and whatever I've experienced to um, provide a different narrative. Right. Because my narrative is different in and of itself, you mm -hmm. know. And um, through that, I, I was able to just find the confidence to talk about these things, you know. Because I think in order for you to be of service, you really have to know who you are. Definitely. If you don't know who you are, it's, it's real easy to, like, for one Twitter follower to tweet <laughs> you the wrong thing, and you give up, you know? Mm -hmm. You're just like, okay, I'm over this. I don't even want to do Ooh, this, you know? Yeah. So easy. Like, I get so many, like, um, on Instagram, especially because my Instagram is, my Instagram name is Feminist Mommy. I get mm -hmm. so many um, uh, DMs, random DMs or random comments where, like, one comment, one guy was like, uh, I'd like to speak in the, uh, I'd like to speak to the man. Oh, hell you know, the fuck? and it was just like, okay, <laughs> what are you so getting silly. out of that, bro? Yeah, exactly. Like I just blocked him. I was just like, like you're, I'm unfazed. I'm uh, unbothered. Like I'm, yeah. I, you know, it, it it makes no sense. And it's just like, first off, my purpose is bigger than you. Right. And I think once you understand that, you know, once you understand that, like, there are so many more people who uh, are like you. Uh, that's the yeah that's exactly the yeah. then it becomes easier to say well this is who i am and there are millions of people who look like me who mm -hmm. also are uh wanting to have these conversations right so if you don't want to have them uh unfollow me yeah you know like this doesn't gotta be yeah. for you man so when did you first realize your voice had a power um i think first time i realized my voice had power um, it was probably the first time my poem got a really big response on yes. stage. Yeah, I, I think it was at Heroes. I and I signed up for the open mic. Yeah, and I did um, I did my kitty cat poem Ooh. that has kind of taken on a life of its own. And um, I got a really like 
like the audience was like blown, you know, and I was just like, okay, maybe this is a thing. <laughs> maybe I should explore <laughs> this as a career. Yeah, I got some right now. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So then feminism. So th- we've been covering feminism and uh, women's empowerment the last few weeks. We had a Viva La Mujer art show. Mm-hmm. And so I shared last episode a little bit of my experience with feminism. And so I wanted to ask you, Feminist Mommy, how mm-hmm. did you first discover feminism? Um, well, I've always been a feminist because I grew up with uh, a very... Uh, hard-headed mother you know like my mom is like she just has no chill (laughs) she has uh no filter she says what she says she does what she does she um she and and i think the women in my family is really what instilled that in me Mm because they're all very like um and i wouldn't call them feminine Uh um because they're very like like they 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 um they understand their role as women but they don't um they don't force themselves into boxes mm. you know they don't force themselves in just because i'm a woman i have to take this or do That's this nice. or do that you know so they've instilled in, in me from a young age just like uh just the strength that had nothing really to do with uh um um What's the word I'm trying to say? Had no, it had nothing to do really with uh, the traditional gender role of mm-hmm. being a woman. It had more to do with I have ovaries. Yes. <laughs> I have power, you know. Uh-huh. I have breasts, you know. Yeah. My body does magical things, you know. I'm a magical human wow. being, you know. And, and it's funny, like, I had a conversation with my brother about this where we talk about my grandma in the Dominican Republic. And we say, you know, when we, when we see her, it's almost like she's this entity outside of who she is as wow. a woman as a grandma she's just this powerhouse you know mm-hmm. this like this this energy in wow. her you know and we talk about how she transcends all of these uh gender norms or gender stereotypes or um stories about womanhood she's like all the things and she doesn't fall into just one archetype you know and so i love women that do that i love women that and I love the movement that's happening now where women are just, they don't even have to identify as women. They're yeah. like, listen, I am what I am. And I don't even want to be labeled anything because I want to be free and feel free to explore all of it. Right. And I love feminism because as a kid, feminism, uh, through literature, I learned about feminism, you know. And I was able to kind of explore, you know, Eve Ensler and, like, um, reading Toni Morrison, yes. you know. And, and, and it just helped me explore so much about uh, the narrative of being a woman of color and how to find uh, strength and power in that and find beauty in that and not feel like it is such a burden because sometimes it can feel like a burden. Sometimes it's exhausting. Sometimes it's like you're being pulled from a hundred million directions, especially with the political climate nowadays. Yeah. It's just like, you feel like, you know, there's just always something, always something coming at you, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's exhausting and it can be exhausting. And I think feminism gave me, um, and it was also, because um, I'm petty, yeah. as my hat says, <laughs> we got feminism for hat. me was me being, like, me calling myself feminist mommy was me being low-key petty at first, right. because I was like, mm, I don't like YT feminism. Yeah. And I was just like, mm, I'm not feeling it. I was like, I want to explore what my feminism can be. Mm-hmm. And my feminism has to look like me. Right. And my feminism has to uh, 
have experienced the things I've experienced. My, my feminism has to be um, impoverished and also uh, um, have, have, have been an immigrant. My feminism has to be so many layers of, of womanhood and femininity and, 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 and strength. And, and I told myself, I was just like, well, I'm going to take that word back. Uh-huh. You know, and, and, and as a kid, when I started reading, like in middle school and in high school, when I started reading about all of these black feminists, who uh, some of them didn't even call themselves feminists. Some of them were of like, course. I'm a womanist, yes, okay? I'm an intersectional that. feminist, yes. okay? You know, and some of them were like, I don't even want to call, I don't even want to be called feminist. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's okay too, you right. know? And I don't, I don't push for the word feminist to be a thing. I call myself a feminist mommy because I am one. Mm-hmm. You know, and I once tweeted, I was like, my feminism, my brand of feminism isn't for feminist my brand of feminism is for feminist mommies okay Mm -hmm. the women (laughs) who live at the intersection of all these things you know and i i it felt silly for me to not use feminism to my advantage to uh empower myself to uh to uh use my platform to say something say something that that really empowered women like me who look like me and spoke like me Mm -hmm. and and came from new york city and you know were born in the bronx you know and and that's why i love women like cardi b i love i love seeing you know the hood rat feminists i love seeing the 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 women who are okay with twerking and also going to church you know like that the 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 (laughs) you know the 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 finding your balance finding what works for you finding um you know, I love seeing the trap yoga. I love seeing the just just the breaking the rules. Gosh, mm-hmm. I'm so sick the of rules. The beautiful intersections. I'm so sick of rules. I'm so sick of uh, there. There's always has to be um, some kind of standard. Yeah, that's what I'm sick of. Standards like the everyone. Norms. Yeah, the norms. I'm I'm so sick of it because it's just like it's so fake. Mm-hmm. It's like I would find it so much harder to abide by the standard than to just be myself. Yeah. Like, it's so much harder to be basic. It's so much harder. I think in this country, they want you so badly to to succumb to to that norm. And, like, you don't even realize it until you decide not to. Oh, yeah. And that's really when you're like, oh, wow. And then you're, like, radical for being yourself. (laughs) That's right. It's so so dope that, like, you're going by this petty thing because all of this is everything but. You know (laughs) what I mean? But, yeah, but but I was just like, at first, me calling myself a feminist mommy was me being petty. I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna take feminists back, because really, you know, if you're, we really yeah, want to talk about, that we want to want to talk about the history of feminism. You know, I have this poem, uh, this line in my poem where I say, um, um, it was a, it was about a, uh, it was like the concept is like me calling out a white poet for like trying to appropriate our stories Ooh. and gain points from it. Yes. Um, but there's a line where I say, um, um. Like, uh, like she isn't trying to make America great too. Oof, you know, sips tea. No. Yeah, <laughs> but there's a line where I'm just. Like, I want to hear the whole thing now. I don't know if you have anything for us. But okay, I, I can share the first thirty seconds. Okay, okay, okay go okay. ahead. White intersectional feminist speaks, calls herself an ally, but doesn't sound like one. She sounds like totally triggered, <laughs> flustered, mad. Mad her shit ain't better than mine's. Mad she gets last place for taking a story that ain't hers to tell and scoring badly on it. Mad she can't tell my story better than me. Mad her struggles don't bleed like mine. Mad she don't bleed like me. Like women of color. Like black men. 
like immigrants, like anyone who has ever been othered, like we bleed for fun, like being immigrant and woman and black in America is fun, like we write this shit for points. Mad this poem can't be whitewashed for her, she is so upset. Wow. Raging, bewildered, trying to force herself into a conversation she don't belong in, like we need to savor a seat at the table. Mad there ain't no room for her privilege. Mad we refuse to unpack her white girl trauma. Mad because we too busy trying to unpack our own. Mad because we see right through her. And she isn't used to being invisible. Except we learned this shit from her. Like the Women's March wasn't a ploy to keep white women tweeting about pussy hats and forget about the people Donald Trump actually hates. Like she isn't trying to make America great for herself too. Like we should trust her because she too has been oppressed even if only for the last eight months like black women haven't always been at the back of the movement keeping that shit afloat. That's where I have to end it because I'm using that poem for my composition. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah. My God. Yo, give us a second, Melania. <laughs> She's like trying to jump right back in. I'm like, hold on, girl. We don't see I'm that every time. I'm sitting there like looking at home, like, yo, take a back seat, homegirl. <laughs> yo. Damn. Golly. Yo, well, we're going God, to your yo. next show. <laughs> no, that was so dope. Wow. I want to, um, Jesus Christ. That's amazing. <laughs> I need that, like, in my back pocket. <laughs> like, you can just pull just it out? Just be quiet. Just, hey, hey, this is my friend's poem. Here's this poem. Episode 23, we got it. Check it out. You need to listen. I would have given that uh, that to the lady at that gentrification talk. Ooh, for real. Because, my need, ooh, gosh. she needed that. I was sitting right next to her, and so I felt Tell, embarrassed. Speak a little bit about what happened. I felt embarrassed. Well, so she was sitting next to me. She's like, oh, can I sit right next to you? And I was like, At the sure. gentrification panel. It was a gentrification <laughs> panel in a gentrificated bar in Bishop Arts, which I like to make that part known because they it's like important. to pretend they're woke because they're having a gentrification talk. While they gentrify the block. That don't make you blocks. shit still. Yeah. Right. The irony. So, yes. So then, you know, they had a great panel going, and so they had a Q&A, and she was one of the last questions to go. And she basically starts saying how she's an agricultural... No, cultural anthropologist. Anthropologist, oh, that's what it was. So she starts like that, and I'm like, oh, God. I'm new to the neighborhood. Yes, and so she's... Cultural anthropologist? Is that what they call themselves now? I don't know, but she was also discussing. She was, I don't. She was weird too. I don't think she even knew her own identity because at one point she said, "I don't know what to call myself, Chicana, a native." Okay, and then can she I just say this? Like one eighteenth. Can I just say this? Is that not Hitler. like the most hipster career to have? Yes, truly. <laughs> I'm here for the masters in cultural anthropology. <laughs> Bruh. Urban Outfitters I'm bag done. in hand. Yo. Uh, we're a case study. Like, our, our people are a case study? Yeah, <laughs> it was so wild. wild. And so she starts talking, and then she basically says something. The one, the word that got everybody twisted, because she brought up Hitler and how oh her gosh. grandpa escaped, and we were like, what? okay, Because okay. her last All name right. was, like, Reich something. For, like, yes. for like ally point. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> like, that's what it was. I, too, have experienced adversity. Uh-huh. And so we were like, Ugh. and I'm right next to her, so I'm like, fuck, I hope everybody's not thinking I'm with this hoe, because I don't know her. <laughs> and so I was just like, oh, God. And so then she said the word that, like, got us all, like, ay, Dios mío. Like, literally, you felt the grunt in the room was when she said, I don't think people should be combative. Yeah. Oh, God. And I was like, you did not just say that, girl. everyone on that panel was like, 
What the? What yeah. The so let me about? just say this. I think I saw this uh, flyer for it on on. It was like a Facebook event. Mm -hmm. There was there yeah, were a couple was, that right. happened. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I was tempted to go, but I said nah because I might get arrested. Oh my. <laughs> well, girl, it was because, all me. Because, because like, yeah. I I just I don't have the tolerance for it anymore to yeah. just like let people think that they're doing something when they're not. Like exactly. you don't get ally points. Well, you don't. don't. And the thing is, because I like I. I don't, I don't know what's inside of me sometimes, and then I find out when I'm, like, preaching on the mic sometimes. But then I'm like, oh, shit, she was right next to me, and, like, people were trying to say stuff back to her, and I was like, hold on, and I yeah. stood up. And I was just like, you don't get to tell people when they can be combative or not. I don't even First remember off, what I you're said. you're feeding into this trope that, like, people of color constantly have to be combative right. because, and because that's what Montoya just for no said. reason. Yes. Montoya was telling her, she was like, look, I can do everything you ask of me. And because she said, why can't we just approach issues with a smile and a friendly joke and then work from there? Montoya what? was like, I will do all of that. I will smile in your face and be as nice as I can. But I'm still black and I still have to deal with that struggle. That and you're still going to call combative exactly for exactly that's the thing that's the thing it's like you're too uncomfortable <clears throat> that you're always gonna think that we're attacking you right and in fact fuck it we are attacking you because yeah. we are upset <laughs> well, you know like I, I literally because i'm sitting right next to her so then i ended up going off on her and then everybody's like thanking me afterwards which was weird because i was like i've never had people approach me like not even after our events where i'm like shit okay i said something yeah. but i felt it and so then she was like oh my god everybody's attacking me and i said no you're attacking us and how we feel and we're allowed to fucking feel this way if we want to yeah. so you can't approach us like this and expect us to want to hear you out and she was like well i didn't even get my point across i was like exactly because you didn't even hear ours and i said you can say all this cultural anthropologist bullshit we don't care we feel like your your case study and we're not going <laughs> to listen to you because that's what we've been doing this whole time and we're not holding back anymore and then she was like still victimizing the shit out of herself and even as we were walking out uh, apparently i was because i said something to the doctor like oh i'm fucking exhausted of having explain explain white privilege to, to white people i mean and and rafa yeah. was apparently whispering to me like she's right behind us she's yeah. right behind us and i didn't hear and i was like i don't give a fuck she can hear me again because yeah. like literally i am exhausted i'm not gonna lie to your face just because i'm being nice now like no like it's exhausting that we have to teach you what you think you know and we have to teach you how to be an ally like if you want to listen to the podcast, listen, sis. But I don't want to have to tell you over and over again. Mm -hmm. But it goes to that, you know, like the whole being upset over something that, like, yes, it's 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 a conditioning that's been so prevalent. And it's like, you don't have control. Yo, so like in that same poem, there's a line I wrote where I'm just like, like, like 53% of, uh, mm. of, of yep. like, um, like she isn't 53% of the reason y'all's president made it inside the White House anyways. Mm -hmm. Like 94% of me voted for the white woman I didn't trust. Right. Only to be disappointed anyways yep. like what do you mean i, I I'm, I'm i'm too combative i should be more combative i should be militant mm -hmm. i should be i should be wanting to burn this shit down but i'm not yeah. you know and so that's what's upsetting is that as soon as you have an afro and you're just like embracing your beauty <laughs> all of a sudden you're like too pro-black all yeah. of a sudden you're like oh black extremists is black what they're extremists calling all of now. a sudden you're being uh you know looked up and files are being written about mm -hmm. you and yeah, what's that uh, the, the FBI, the, 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 the yeah, he's uh, um, black identity extremist. Mm -hmm. That's an uh, official classification. It's ridiculous. Right. It's ridiculous. And so those are the things where it's just like white people don't have to go through this shit. Mm -hmm. Mind you, if anything, 
if any, it, um, some of the biggest issues that are happening in today's society, like the issue with gun control, like the way mm-hmm. these kids are like scared for their lives in school. You know, like even the other day, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a teaching artist as well, and we're there, and you know, a white guy walks in, and he has his hands in his pockets, mm-hmm. and it's like th- he was he was trying to go in to vote, and we were just looking at him like. God, I hope this kid does not have a gun. Mm-hmm. And I, the thought, it th- I thought to myself, I was like, why should I even have to fear that? Yeah. But it's like, why should I be yeah, scared? That's a, that's a no. That's a valid. And that's it's like that's a valid concern. That's where we are. That's yeah. where that we are. That is a valid concern. But I'm combative for even bringing up being scared. Right. Right. I'm I mean, combative we're, we're combative for even saying whiteness. Right. <laughs> like for real. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. and that's because we've been stereotyped our whole lives in different ways. But like. We can't even me discussing whiteness with my family. I'm seen as mm-hmm. racist, and so it's just like, damn, for real. Yeah. So we have so much work to do, and that's because we're already tired. Like, and, and I think about a lot of my life and how I have trouble having white friends. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that just really correlates to the fact that I just don't want to have those conversations with people in my inner circle. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I understand it's important to have those conversations. And it's important to have use your platform, and, and but it's just like. I just, I've, I've, I'm at a point in my life where whoever embraces me, you know, it's like where they say, you know, go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. I don't yeah. have time to just be tolerated, mm. you know? I don't, have, I, don't, I don't have time for those spaces anymore. And so, I mean, if you cut me a nice check, <laughs> I might educate you. <laughs> right, right, you know? right. That's a different story. But that's, that's, that's paid labor. Right. I don't have time for free emotional labor for white people. Mm. And that will... That's not just kidding. <laughs> that's real. No, it's that's true. Real. It's that's true. Real. I, and, and that's what that lady was trying to do. No, oh, she I was trying I, to... I had a friend, beautiful friend, walked up, hugged me, and she said, don't be doing emotional labor for free. Mm-mm. I said, I'm not. I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, I was just kind of trying to put her in their place so where she could stop being a victim, but yeah. whatever. Um, so then a few more things we can chat about. I know you brought some of them up already. Um, Sammy Sosa. I immediately yeah. wanted to discuss this when the first picture was revealed. Oh, man. And then I was like, I can't say anything because I need a Dominican on my show <laughs> to talk about this because I really can't say much besides oh, the obvious. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Sammy, Sammy, Sammy. I don't know because it's just like, it's such a tough thing because Sammy is like, for a long time, Sammy Sosa was like the face of Dominicanidad. Mm-hmm. He was like, he was like our trophy. Yes. And this is the thing when you put people on pedestals, like the way we put Michael Jackson on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we don't we don't see them as a person. They lose we their see, humanity. They lose their humanity, yes. And we see them as their, an entity, as this, uh, this perfect, shiny thing that has no flaws and loves themselves and lives the best life because they're rich and famous and, you know, they're legends. And, and that's the thing. It's like colorism is a real issue mm-hmm. in the Caribbean. You know? Everywhere in the whole world. And especially in countries where for so many generations they've been forced this narrative that because of the color of their skin, they're not as beautiful. Yeah. You know, in, in, in the Dominican Republic, is no different. Mm-hmm. And I, when I saw that Sammy Sosa photo, I wasn't, like, I was, like, saddened. But I wasn't, like, surprised by it. I wasn't, like, surprised that a man who came of power and uh, was a legend in baseball and was the most known Dominican baseball player ever, ever. Um, has an issue, has a complejo about his skin color. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not surprised at it at all, you know? I, in fact, I'm just like, oh, well, it makes sense. It yeah. makes sense that you, as someone who has come of power and has come into a certain status, is still um, 
felt felt or made to believe that your skin color isn't beautiful that you're not as uh, elegant because of your skin color you know like you got to think about the social circles that he hangs around and even in the dominican republic you know he's always the darkest person in the yeah. room you know That's true and i can see how after t- his spending his whole life uh dealing with that he might just want to pretend like it doesn't exist and mm-hmm. just whitewash it you know yeah. and has he been interviewed recently at all i'm just curious um, as to like I, what he's I, saying yeah like so i saw a recent interview where he was just like uh you know i was just joking around just playing around with some skin cream you know like he was just trying to say oh like my gosh. he was trying to say that he was just trying to uh even out his skin tone and not whiten it when it's like fully several but several, several as shades you can wider. see it's obvious that he was trying to but i mean this is the thing it's like even his wife is like very white yeah passing. blonde hair i saw that so okay. i'm just like at this point, it's just like he's an example of of why we need to talk about colorism. Mm-hmm. He's an example of why we need to like have these conversations about uh, the media uh, having depictions of Afro Latinos instead of wanting to simplify the way the world sees you. You know, because right. this is the thing: for so long, the media just wants to be like, "Oh, Latinos look this way." It's like, no, there's a whole huge population. In fact, in South America, there's a massive millions and millions and millions of of Afro Latinos. Yeah, and it's just like, where, where, where's their soapbox? But well, we're not having these conversations. We're not discussing these quote unquote uncomfortable things, and it's just like. And it just feeds into white supremacy. Right. And all of this also stems from, like, to me, a lot of times I just see it all as, like, our education. Like, our history doesn't teach us the truth. Mm -hmm. It doesn't tell us, oh, the slaves also worse and here and here and here. And so this is why this country is made up this way. And some of the things you don't even realize you're doing it. Like, you don't even realize. Like, I remember as a kid, um, some of my family members would be like, oh, don't, don't, uh don't like we'd be at the beach don't say we're like tanning me and my my brothers were tanning our asses off Mm because we're just playing around at the in the water and coming back out and like some of them would be making comments like oh don't stay out till you're gonna burn your skin Mm -hmm. you're gonna get darker and stuff like that it's just like well first off I'm a kid and I'm having fun, yes. so I'm not. I don't care about sunscreen right now. Mm-hmm. I don't care about if I'm getting tanner. I, I'm having fun, you know. And 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 second off, why is that even a? Why is that even being said? Why is that even a fear? You know, mm-hmm. like a lot of people really from a young age and still in their kids. Like I remember some of my cousins would be too scared to tan, yeah, because they didn't want to get any darker. And it's just like. Who taught you that? No, it's so true. I know we talked about it, like, early on in one of our episodes. We have a segment where we kind of say, like, wa- like, awas, awas, like, watch what you're doing, watch what you're saying. And because I noticed that immediately, I think I was around someone, I saw, I heard them say that mm-hmm. to their kids. And then I reflected on myself because yeah. I think I was, like, so brown. My mom didn't even say anything because she don't, she didn't care like that. Uh-huh. But at the same time, it's just, like, it's let real. them be. It's so but it's, it is so real. You'd have your theas that will say that. And you're just, like, okay, or and they give the, you the nicknames so and the this and, and the that. This is the funny thing is that then you have that, and it's just like, but the culture is so Afro. Mm-hmm. The culture is so oh, everything, black. Everything. The culture is embedded in its blackness that no matter how hard you try, you cannot erase that. You cannot mm-hmm. erase the fact that plantains are in the Caribbean because they came from Africa. Right. You know, you can't erase that. You can't erase the foods, the seasonings, all of that we learned is from our African culture. So why are you trying to whitewash the culture? Mm-hmm. When you just, all you have to do is just keep an open mind and embrace the people who created it in the first place. For sure. It's real. So we already covered a little bit of Amara La Negra. Do you want to say anything else about her? 
um, that I love her. Okay. And <laughs> you this got song. Some big news, didn't you? As well. Oh yes. Okay. So I found out that I'm going to be um, at, um, at this Dominican conference yes. at NYU, Woo! and she's going to be there too. And if Woo! I don't get a selfie, I will die. You will okay? get a selfie. We're putting okay. it into the world. Yes, now. you're going to get into the it. world. I need a selfie with Amada. Yay. No. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm just excited for this like, um, this like. 2018 is a really good time to just be yourself, mm -hmm. you know, and to not hide any parts of you and to, like, really embrace all parts of you. And I think for a long time, being Afro-Latina was, like, this thing where you felt like you had to pick a side. Yes. It's like, oh, are you black? Mm -hmm. Are you Latina? Are you... Any uh, mixed identity, I think, Any in, mixed identity. In the world. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, so complicated. And it really isn't. It just means, like you check more than one box mm -hmm. or you don't check any boxes at all because fuck checking boxes right why it's 2018 we and we're still checking boxes yes. and people still need to like uh keep dibs on exactly what's happening with us you know like it's so stupid like the census is so stupid Ooh. to me i i when Ooh. i was when i was young so i was a what eight-year-old kid or nine-year-old kid like listening to Rage Against the Machine you were angry. for some weird reason. <laughs> well, no, not weird reason, but my, my oldest brother, rest in power, he would always, like, fill out forms, mm -hmm. whether it was for a new job or for the census. And I remember the census specifically because my mom got really upset. He, like, made his own box, and he would just, like, write whatever. Mm -hmm. And sometimes he would specifically write Mexican because he hated <laughs> the term Hispanic. He's a little rebel. Yeah. yeah, but Hispanic didn't always exist. Like, yeah. it's just, like... America, how you feel about that? Because I hate it, and so if I, I had like a double identity, from, what go, from like, oof. because the thing is, like, Americans created Hispanic, right? Yeah. So it's like, do I Nixon want to era to close this? Yeah, in. but this is the same kind of Americans who still have trouble understanding that, like, you can be black and speak Spanish. So it's like, I'm literally looking, like, I'm side eyeing you, you know, right. like, like, why do you want me to check this box? <sighs> sus, sus. Uh, why is why does it make you uncomfortable if I check the black box? Why is it? Why does it? Why is it easier for you to want to add a separate box saying Hispanic mm -hmm. so that I check that box instead of checking that I'm black, but right. my language is Spanish? Mm -hmm. Gosh, ooh, the census is a whole nother episode. Yeah, truly. that is. That is. Uh, what projects are you working on, and where can we find and support you as we wrap uh, up the show? Yes, you can find me on Instagram at feminist mommy, and that's mommy the Spanish way, like mommy. Yes, you know, mommy, hey. like mommy chula. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's funny because my Instagram was actually inspired by Drake with the champagne popping. Yes, see, that's what I thought. <laughs> it really was because I'm such a Drake fan. I really am. I'm a big Drake oh, why fan. Why haven't we talked about Drake? I know, but we're going to do that later. We it's can viral. Do that. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I love Drake, and so he had champagne poppy, and I was like, well... I was either going to be Mango Mommy, which I'm mad That's I didn't stick too. to that. It's cute. Which I might, but I already checked and someone already has Dang it. Man. So I was going to switch to it eventually. But <laughs> instead I was like, why well, I am, like, my Instagram used to be Feminism Rocks. Aww. And so I was like, Feminist Mommy goes harder. It How did you spell like, rocks, though? With a Z. I spelled it with a Z. I did. I did. I was like, X, X, X. I did. And then someone took it, and I was so upset. After I switched to Feminist Mommy, I wanted to have Feminism Rocks, like, as a side account. And someone had taken it, and I was like, damn it. That is hilarious. But, yeah. You can find me at Feminist Mommy on Instagram and Twitter. On Facebook, it's Melania Luisa Marte. You know, like, Tuesday, you know, but roll your R. Uh, what else? Uh, I didn't roll my arms. Uh, yeah. oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm sad now. I but wrote my arms in my name. Did I? said my name. Marte? I guess yeah, I naturally Marte, did it and I didn't yeah. realize it. Yeah. 
And then you have uh, a Women of the World. Women of the World Poetry Slam yeah. competition is coming up. Let me give you some info on that, yes, actually. Because uh, I have some nice bouts you might want to go to on... Um, sorry. Um, okay. On... Thursday, I'm going to be at Deep Ellum Art Co. competing Ooh. at 7 p.m. Hey. And on Friday, I'm going to be at Deep Ellum Books at 7 p.m. If you want to check me out, that'd be great. Bring me a mango or give me a hug. You know, that'd be really sweet. I'd love uh-huh. it. Oh, my gosh. This is, is for you. Thank you. <laughs> That's so Lucas sweet. Mango from oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. This is so sweet. Have it's you had here. this? Polvo sabor mango. Have you had <laughs> it? I have. This is oh, awesome. This is pivotal. For the listeners, we're just we're hooking up Melania with a Lucas mango, mango. flavor. Y'all oh my gosh, you guys are so one. awesome. I have to come I back now and see what I get next time. An, an actual <laughs> mango, baby. <laughs> All righty, well, thank you so much for letting us know. Thank you so much thank for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I had thank such a good time. Oh my gosh, it's been a whole hour. Yeah, I mean, it goes by that fast. That was fun. All right, hopefully we can have you back on the show. Bye. Yay. I want to say thank you again to Melania for coming to The Colores Radio and really just giving us everything we needed because the Afro-Latinx identity is not heard from enough. And I'm so grateful that she came and and really just told us what we need to hear, told us kind of what we know but maybe don't want to admit or don't want to say out loud. And she's a very powerful artist, and we wish her all the best. And you're welcome back anytime. So thank you, Melania. Now that means it is time for self-care corner. There it is. I believe I've briefly mentioned something about this, but I'm trying to understand and process these things a little bit more. And maybe I've discussed other forms of this, but really accepting and even possibly celebrating your failures as a form of self-care. I think, again, this probably goes hand in hand when I talked about my perfectionism, but really like taking a failure and being like, you know what, that's chill. And like not letting yourself get so angry and worked up about something that goes quote unquote wrong or that you failed at or a rejection or you didn't get into the school, or you didn't get the job you wanted, or you just messed a piece up, or whatever it may be, it's okay. I think that you can gain a lot from just, like, saying, like, you know what? I can do this better. And it sucks. It fucking sucks at that moment. But I think it's a it's time, it's a learning lesson. Like, even the woman who, who was at that gentrification talk, mm-hmm. I literally had to tell her, like, you can either walk away from this and victimize yourself and say, boo-hoo me, like all these people attacked me because it was a failure of a statement that you gave. Or you can say, yo, I clearly messed up and I'm lacking somewhere, so let me go teach myself some shit right. and, and do something better with it. And I think that applies to like everything, everywhere yeah, in And life. that's the hope, right? I mean, like even, right. even as in, in terms of self-reflection or even helping out like, you know, your fellow human being, mm-hmm. it's like always if you're able to really look at a situation and just have that understanding where you realize you're not always right mm. and you're not perfect. And be some, have some self-awareness. Right. I didn't like realize it, not everybody has that. Seriously. It, <laughs> <laughs> Honey. And it comes Yo, in so it, handy. Yeah. And it's okay to like acknowledge that. Yeah. 
And I think people, and, and for the most part, I feel like, you know, the general sense is that, you know, the idea of a failure or not being able to take something and turn it into a learning experience, um, that it's bad or that it's not cool or that it doesn't look right or that it makes you less of a person. Right. And it's the opposite, you know, when you're open and you're able to take these things and really learn from them and, and build a more well-rounded idea of who you are as a person and a better outlook on the rest of, of the things that you do and, and, you know, your environment and all these things, that's a good thing. Like, that's a positive thing. Yeah. So we shouldn't, I mean, we shouldn't frown on that. I think it's interesting, though, how we even got to that point of, like, where we can't even uh, even accept it. Yeah. So in case you aren't, your self-care corner recommendation is to accept and celebrate failures or maybe even you can analyze how you accepted something in the past and change yeah. it up because that stuff also does something for you i tell I people all the time I'm like i love i love being proved wrong like mm-hmm. i love being wrong and you know it sounds really weird or like you know almost like an invitation to argue yeah with it me, is but it's weird not. it's hard you know to ca- I mean? a concept to grasp it's very difficult to think of that as an idea of a welcoming like constructive approach to how you do things or how you operate or you know whatever your mo is but yeah like you know i when i do things or when i think things or when i engage in conversation like i do these things with the hope that you know that i learn something and i know that i'm not always right and i know that my outlook on things isn't always the most positive or happiest and it's it's more a product of what i've come to really assess of a situation or whatever but you know, at the end of the day, I hope that I'm wrong. I hope that I get to be proven wrong and, and, and come out of a situation learning and, and better for that. So It's all about evolving into a better person every True. day. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> that is our self-care corner. Now it is time for our brown business of the week. Our brown business of the week this week is... LCI. Dun, dun, dun. So, I can't believe we haven't done this before. I know. This is kind of silly. Like, this is yeah. something... I feel like because everybody knows it, that's probably why we did yeah. it. It's iconic to me. Iconic. I've used that word a few times today. But... I mean it. Yeah. I ain't lying. With Yeah. With reason. Uh, tell the story about the person looking for the restaurant, though. <laughs> <laughs> it was too good. So, a, fr- a good friend of mine was uh, out in Oak Cliff, not from Oak Cliff. And he was like, yeah, I was, I was supposed to um, meet someone up at, at this taco spot. And, you know, I was looking for it and I couldn't find it. And he told me it was LCI. And I looked it up and he was like, man, I don't know where it's at. And I was like, bruh, a taco spot in Oak Cliff called LCI. And I was like, yes, this is how you spell it. E-L space S-I space H-A-Y. And so he had like this enlightenment just come over him. And he was like, oh, man, it's in Spanish. This man thought it was L-C-I, like the letter the L, letters. the letter C, I and the letter it. I. <laughs> he was really searching. You were not yeah. find nothing like that. Uh, yeah, bro. There is no L-C-I taco spot. <laughs> so in literal. Yeah. L-C-I. So, so if funny. you have not been to L-C-I, they <clears throat> have what I think most would say is the best elotero in Dallas. 
I ain't trying to start a fight. I ain't trying to start a fight. But like, I remember my sister Susie saying from the time they were kids, that man's been there. Yeah. And he's still rocking, and he's still making the best elotes in Dallas. Yeah. Some corn. might say they also have the best tacos. They have good tacos, too. What were you going to say about the corn? Sorry. What, what was I going to say? I don't know. You said the corn, and then I uh, got excited. I said, that corn be popping. That corn. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I shouldn't have let you say it. You shouldn't have. You shouldn't Anyways, NCI <laughs> is located at, in case you didn't know... 601 West Davis Street, Dallas, Texas, 75208. Sure. They close at 10 p.m. They are here in Oak Cliff. Uh, and their phone number, in case you want to hit them up and say, hey, I heard you have good tacos and I want to order. I shouldn't give you their phone number. That's weird. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I really, we had too much wine. I'm so sorry. I really am. This this is going to go down as like the jump man drunken. Yeah, Jordan Jumpman <laughs> Drunken episode. So, Taqueria LCI, if you haven't checked it out, do so. And the Elotero, do it as well. You got to do both. Oh, Bring yeah, your you cash have to. with you. For real. No regrets. Next are the Coco events. We can <clears> finally <throat> do our Viva la Mujer art show recap. I was very touched by this show. It was dope. It was It was beyond dope. We immediately had a good turnout, like, right as it turned 7. I was like, y'all, I ain't even ready yet, but thank you so much for being here. Um, it was really, really beautiful. The work was so powerful. Um, my favorite things were meeting all the people that listened to us. Yes, that was, to me, that was crazy. I mean, like, again, going back to what we said earlier, like, we understand that you know that that we we have people that listen to us, and yeah. so that's really cool to 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 think of because at the end of the day, the things that we talk about are important. The people that we talk about, the people that we engage with, the organizations, the communities that we discuss right. are topics that need to be discussed and need to be brought to the forefront. So when people listen, like that's dope because now you know about some things that you may not have known about or some things that we think are very important. Mm -hmm. And I mean that's that's just cool. Yeah. But when you know, when it's people coming up to you and saying, you know, like, hey, you're Eva. Yeah, and I was like, I'm going to cry in the club right now. Like, they were like, <laughs> I saw, like, some people's face kind of light up, and they'd smile at me, and I'd be like, I'm going to throw up. Like, not because of fear, but because I felt like we had a natural connection already, and it was just really sweet, and I was so happy to meet so many different people. I'm sorry I can't remember all the names, but I know Rodolfo really yes. made me happy because he was like, hey, y'all are doing great work, but I want to let you know that you got an old man listening. And I just died laughing. And I was like, oh, my God, Yeah, thank and I was you. like, I, I do listen to our episodes. You're, You're like, right. I do repeat our own episodes. Really. Yeah. You're ageist on yourself. <laughs> um, so I'm so glad to have met so many people. Joy had some really cool work in the show. And then she told me she was also a listener and she had heard about us through CYC. So shout out to all of you. So many dope, 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 dope people. I cannot wait to see you again, and I am grateful. If Rafa would like to share the artist's names yes. that were involved in the show. And I know I might miss some of them, but I think, you know, for the most part, the show, the art show has become, like, really dope, in my opinion. So mm -hmm. we do this podcast more than anything else, but it's really cool when we kind of combine forces with... You know, the cultural center and then artists and organizations like Lucha Dallas to really make sure that the pop-up show is dope. And so um, 
the artwork was just amazing. Mm-hmm. And so just a quick shout out to everyone that, that brought work, to Sahara, to Michael, to Joy. We had some really dope work from uh, Bianca Hernandez mm-hmm. who came through, and yes. I was like a super big fan. Um, and a lot of people, like I, I mentioned this to her, but when she dropped off the artwork, there was a one-day time frame between when it was sitting here in our office and when people came by just to the things that we were having mm-hmm. here at the cultural center and people were asking questions about it. And so that, I mean, that's a testament to like, you know, the, the, the work that she does, but the work that we're trying to do for, you know, the artists out there. Sure. And so we're here for you. So this isn't the, this the is last great, yeah, your work and exactly. Get you some more. Um, so a big love. shout out to, to Bianca, a big shout out to Sonia Costa, who, Yay. you know, she always, Hits us up with work, always and she's always, love. yeah, she's always dope. here. Um, Mariola Rosario, Samantha. Samantha came through very last minute. There was a mix-up with, like, some of the emails, but we were lucky enough to kind of get in contact with her. Hey. Big shout-out to Yoli's for making that happen. Um, Tina Medina, of course. My girl. Always coming through Amazing with some, some dope work. Um, and there was a couple of other names that I, I, I'm Lily, leaving out. Ari Edwards. Yeah. There's a good handful of other There's people. a handful of, of other artists, but... Um, yeah, thank you to, to everyone, all the artists, everyone that came out, everyone that showed love, everyone that came up and talked to us and told us about what we were doing, um, because we appreciate that. We and do. We, and we take that home. We take that with us. And so we Listen, bring it. Listen, I know my love language, one of them is words of affirmation. So y'all coming up and telling me these things really makes me feel better, because all of this is done online. And even though you know it's happening, it's still different when you actually speak to someone and, and let them know that you're grateful or even yeah. just saying hi really yeah and anything's that's, cool that's what we're here for we're, mm-hmm. we're here for you yeah, we're here for definitely. for y'all and um yeah i mean it, it, it's one of those things where you know we're, we're appreciative and more than you know for sure also shout out again to lucha Vallis because we had some really cool poets come by uh maricela amy and Alex. Alex. Yeah. Were really uh, kind to share their poems and their vulnerability as yeah. women. And it That's really tough. was a cherry on top of a really dope art show. So thank you to everyone for supporting us in that. We will be announcing the next Gray Space soon. Mm-hmm. Then upcoming is our 214 Selena event. March 30th and March 31st. Yes. So the episodes from here on out will be leading up to that event and throughout Selena season, as I like to call it. Y'all know I steady and play in my Selena from now on. Um, Quintanilla. Perez. Quintanilla. Oh, you're right. Sorry. Ooh, Don't sorry. get it twisted. Uh, but really, I'm fucking excited for this. Yeah. It's like so surreal even though i've already been a part of it before it's like it's so dope and it's gonna be even doper this year yeah very excited about that yeah make sure you follow at 214 selena definitely do that on, on instagram. instagram and it'll be fun yeah it's gonna be really dope there's, i feel like i can't say that stuff. much because i'll say everything so i'm trying to yeah. hold it in for the next episode <laughs> well no i mean we have you know uh friday march 30th we're showing the selena film at texas theater at 7 p.m we have the selena art show at 8 p.m at top 10 records if you're going to the movie, don't fear. 
You will be able to go to the art show afterwards. We're going to be going till about midnight. We'll have a DJ. We'll have drinks sponsored by Katie Trail Vodka. And we've gotten a ton of submissions for the art show. So a big shout out and thank you to all the artists that have submitted work for that. And then on Saturday, we have Selena Day at Country Burger from 2 to 6. We'll have vendor uh, like a little vendor market pop-up. So we'll have people selling some really cool Selena merch. Um, we have the Look Like Contest. We'll have some DJs spinning some cumbias. And then afterwards, we'll have the after party at Club Dada from 9 p.m. to 2 a.m. for those 21 and up, yes. which is always a blast. Do not bring your kids. Don't. Bring yourself. Yes. Bring your money. It'll be lit. Bring your Selena. Yeah. Costumes. Yes. It's going to be so dope. It then is. finally, our one-year anniversary event. We've been doing this thing for a year. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> On April 21st at the Texas Theater, we will be bringing in Mother Pluckin, Shay Serrano, live from the internet. Not really. He's going to be here in real life. And I know when person. I said that, he felt weird online. I was like, whatever. <laughs> I just needed people to know. We ain't Skyping yeah. him in. He's going to be in yeah. the flesh. So bring bring your books. Yes, he will be signing yeah. basketball and other things. And we're going to be asking him all the questions, everything you wanted to know about your favorite Mex-Texy. Yeah. Mex-Texy. Did that Mex -Texy? work? Mex-Texy? I don't know. Texy-Mexy. Okay. Sexy-Mexy? Okay, that minute. sounds like my old AIM login. <laughs> Just kidding, I was a child. Then finally, it is time for Who You Got? Yippee! Con de Coco. Well, kind of con de Coco. Con de kind of Coco. Con de Co. Con de Co, yeah. Con de Co. Uh... <laughs> So why good. Why is it with kind of the coco? Well, if you've noticed, one very sweet darling Pat is not here right now. Wait a minute, what? I That was not, I set up a prop. That's a mannequin. <laughs> what is, th this looks so real. I know, it looks just like Pat, I but it's not. I was wondering why this prop is She hadn't moving. blinked in a while, but that's not my sister. I was like, Pat's eyes must be dry. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, do you see we drink too much wine without you because we miss you. Exactly. She is currently in Austin at South by Southwest living her best hipster life. Um, and <clears throat> surely she will tell us next episode about all the cool bands she saw True. in Austin. We should like plan to do like a 20-minute who you got because she'll have <laughs> yeah, 15 different have bands. She's like, there yeah. was also this person on the corner of 6th Street that they have a new album coming out. and <laughs> She's going to bless us for real. She will. We cannot wait. We love you, okay? We're not trying to bully her. Y'all don't get mad at me. We let Pat talk, but y'all don't know her. Like, we know her, so we just going to let her do her thing, how she wants to do it, whatever. Rafa, who do you got? I got, um, so this, and I'm still, I still don't know a whole lot about her, but she came up on my Spotify. I feel like this is somebody I might have already done. Mahalia? Maybe. R&B singer? She, she started singing when she was like six or eight, and then like <laughs> recorded her first song when she was 13. She's like 18 or 19 now. She look like? She's from Bruh, I literally did her. Did you? I swear to God, she flows. Huh? She no. kind of flows? She sings. I or think I did of. her. Did you? She, I mean. I did. You did her. Ding, yes. I uh, did, I believe I did her. What's, she's British. Yeah. Or, she's, yeah, she's, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I did her. I did do her, sober. I did her. That's cute. I did do her, though. <laughs> okay, so keep going. Things. I'm sorry. You can go do her again. So, <laughs> so yeah she came up on my spotify and like um 
The song that came up first was I Remember. And so then I was like, okay. And then I listened to a few more things, and then she had dropped something fairly recently. But I was like, oh my God, yeah. So, like, I made a playlist with. She doesn't have a whole lot out, but there's yeah, a couple of songs. There's not that much. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm but digging she's it. Dope. And so, yeah, she's like. After this, we're going to look her up because she has that cool YouTube video I want to show you. Okay, word. Where she's like flowing. And I was like, say, Ma. <laughs> Bars? 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 Yes. Yeah, so that's my Who You Got, Mahalia. That's a great who you got that I had, but it's fine. <laughs> so I'm like recycling. It's cool. Sometimes they need yeah. more love because we want them I to. what should I do then? Uh, Lil Yachty's new album. I haven't heard it. It's probably terrible. No, actually. bro. Don't be doing that. We are. So, I promise. We didn't even drink that much, but we, we drank enough. Yeah. To be bullying. We're bullying. like on this water cleanse. So it's just an all like wine <laughs> diet. Okay, Becky. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, my who you got. So I already told y'all. Like I listened to Selena year around but i need y'all to listen to her og tracks the ones that do not get the plays as much them shits are powerful they're my faves go find them go dig them up on youtube they're not all on spotify and those shits bang i need to i i will add to that that one of my favorite selena songs is corazoncito mm, it's not a widely cutie. popular song because it's one of the ones that she recorded when they were like, you know, yeah. 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 So I think they might It's a simple track, but super dope and super powerful. Like the you can find them on YouTube, and they sound kind of dusty, yeah. but they are great. So yeah. I recommend you all check out one Selena Quintanilla Perez and her like full ass whole ass discography, not just the Beady Beady Bombs <laughs> and the Cumbias. And we were listening to Selena before, before she was cool. cool so. Okay, even though she died <laughs> in my like childhood. Anyways, I really do feel that. Like, y'all know I listen to, like, the same old people sometimes, and then I go rediscover them, and then I go listen yeah. to a new Hwanga album that I hadn't heard enough. You know, that's just how I am. So, Selena's season for me, I recommend checking out her deep, dirty, haven't listened to as much tracks, because they are everything. Word. That is our Who You Got with Deco for the week. <laughs> <laughs> and that officially wraps up our show for us here at the Colores Radio. We want to say thanks again to the only Melania that matters. Do y'all get what I'm saying? Hey. And support her work at MelaniaLuisa.com. Follow her at Feminist Mommy. Don't forget to share the podcast and follow us on all social media at The Colores Co. Subscribe and leave us a darn review thank you pat we'd love to keep growing so please share it with your family and friends or make a little instagram post or whatever makes you happy let us know what your favorite part was tweet us or just hit us up we love hearing from you all buy your tickets to our one-year anniversary event at marginwalkerpresents.com come to the 214 selena event we could not go on without your support. Tell everyone you love to follow us at The Colores Co. If you enjoy our personal thoughts, you can follow me at Eva Arreguin, Rafa at Exile, 
on all social media and pat at pat.arahine on Instagram. Our theme song is Cumbia Anthem by El Dusty. Go support him and purchase that on iTunes and support all his other dope music because he's dope, dope, dope. Our audio editor is Jason Ramirez. We promise to keep growing and providing you with entertaining content and more importantly, a platform for your voices and work to be lifted. Contact us on social media or email us at thecolorescollective at gmail.com. Thank you so much again for listening and Join us again next Yo. time for The Colores Radio. The Colores Radio.